Hey, you're listening to Sit Down Stand Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and my guest today is the hilarious Dean Del Rey. Uh, he's one of the funniest and coolest comics out there. Uh, he's always been super nice to me. He's just a great guy. Uh, if you live in L.A. and you haven't seen Dean live yet, you need to go down to the Comedy Store or the Comedy and Magic Club any weekend and catch him. Seriously, he's like one of the funniest guys out there. You definitely go check him out. He actually has a show coming up at the El Rey Theater, and it's a beautiful theater. I just saw him there for his birthday back in, I think, December, and it's Del Rey at the El Rey, which is the coolest name you could have for a show. And it's uh, Dean and a bunch of his friends like Mark Marin, Joey Diaz, Anthony Jeselnik. It's going to be an amazing lineup. It's July 19th, Tuesday, 8.30. Uh, I saw him once there, and he did like a rock thing at the end. I don't know if he's going to do it this time, but just an awesome venue, perfect for comedy. Definitely go check him out. And uh, yeah, this guy, is, he's just one of the funniest comics out there, man. I don't know what to tell you. He has a podcast on the All Things Comedy Network called Let There Be Talk. And he has new episodes every week, and he has awesome guests. He has, like, rockers, great comics, great show. And actually, you should just go on his website, deandelray.com, and you can find his podcast right there. You can see when he's going to perform at your local comedy club, and just, you know, check him out. Definitely go see him, deandelray.com. All right, here's my conversation with Dean Del Rey. Thank you so much man for being here i really appreciate it thanks and for having me dude i just want to talk to you like about how you got started and everything because you got started like five or six years ago you mentioned six years ago six year- and 44 that's years old time. that's amazing like <laughs> for yeah six years ago but like almost three thousand spots ago dang right <laughs> that's insane so like every night non-stop basically i'm at a hundred for this year already oh my god what are we on april 1st yeah Damn. So that's pretty good, you know. I mean, I, I I think I've done more in the last few years, but now I'm, the spots are longer. Yeah. So I used to be able to do th- three or four or five a night. Now I probably do two, sometimes three, you know. A lot of times three, but not as much as before where I could just bounce around because the spots would be 10, 15 minutes. Now they're like 25, right. half hour, an hour, Yeah. you know. So the spots are longer and uh, there's less. So there's only a hundred right now for the year, but they're quality spots. Yeah, big time. It's crazy because I first saw you here like two years ago, and I've seen you in like every venue pretty much, like the Comedy Store, or, like even Nerd Melt and stuff like that, and Punchline in San Francisco. I came at one time. Yeah, I work. I work them all. Like it's crazy, and I love seeing comics who like can kill like in every room pretty much. Like I see guys who are like <laughs> who just hang out at certain spots. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I see some, a few handful that just like can destroy in every sort of venue. I, I learned that from Bill Burr early on. I was doing the, uh, what's the place called? Uh, it's on Pico. Comedy Union. Yeah. And it's an urban, urban room. And, uh, you know, I went up and I was, I was, I was doing good, but I, I this is years ago. This is, uh like probably th- two years in, maybe three, I think two. But anyway, I was really big, and I was uh, like, you know, not like myself. I was up there like, yeah. all right, <laughs> look at me, all right, you know. And, and it, was, it was working. 
But I got off stage and Burr was like, what are you doing up there? And I was like, what? He's like, I mean, you're all big and goofy. Like, that's not you. And I yeah. go, I know, but I was just kind of like, you know, nervous. Like, nervous is an urban room, you know? Right. And he's like, fuck that. Just go up and be yourself. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But if they do like it, if you're being big and goofy, and then they go see you again somewhere else and you're not that, they'll be like, what's going on here? Right, yeah. So... Just go up and be yourself and, and slowly pick up people that like what you're doing. And I learned from that day, he went on right after me, and he was Bill Burr. He <laughs> just <it. laughs> fucking murdered. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he was so right, you know? It's like if you played music, you know, and you were, let's say you're a rock band. Right. And you're playing a country western bar. Well, it's, you know... It, it's like you you're not gonna just start like playing country. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna play country. You're a rock band. Right. You know what I mean? And if they like it, they, you know, you're booked there. Let's yep. see what we can get going. Um, so I learned that early on, and also, I I found. I, I used to think like, oh, oh, this is an alt room, or this is a, a a club room, or whatever. I just found that if you if you are confident in your material. And the material is going to work wherever you're at. Right. If, if it's material that's working, you know. Um, that's one thing I like. I love Burry. He's like one of my heroes. And he, I hear him talk on his podcast. He's like, I would just challenge myself in playing rooms that I wouldn't normally play at. Totally. To just get better and just get yeah. used to being yourself on stage. But I think it's like the hardest thing. Like, It's amazing when you get to work with uh, the best in the biz like uh, Marin or Burr or Ian or Dalia. Guys like that. You learn so much from them, mm -hmm. especially I was just on the road with Burr this weekend. And, you know. You guys did the Terrace Theater in Long Beach? We did the Terrace Theater. That's legendary. That's amazing. It's, it's, uh, look, I got goosebumps just now just thinking about That's it. That's prior live on, in concert. Right? Live in concert, yeah. prior, you know. And if, I think if you're my age or, or any, from anywhere from 40 to 55, 60. Yep. That's the number one special. I mean, in my eyes, it's the number one special, no matter what your age is. Yeah. Uh, it still holds up now. But what I'm saying is, if you grew up in the 70s, that was your special. Yeah, totally. And it's really, um, if you do any kind of studying on it, it's the first concert film, stand-up concert film. Uh, I, I did some research. It was $750,000 to shoot. Wow. Uh, that's what it says on IMDb. Yeah. That for a concert film in the 70s just one guy walking <laughs> right. around on stage That's and some crazy. cameras that is some crazy money you know um but we went up the same driveway that prior goes up in the beginning of it with his yeah. wife we got out we walked in and there it was and it was just i mean <laughs> i'm so lucky because burr has a few different people open for him yep. and this particular weekend everyone was booked <laughs> and 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 it's it was like one of the most prestigious gigs for me to do that's so amazing other yeah. than him doing the garden you know he did the garden and, right. and a couple of his guys did the garden but the garden is, is super madison square garden he sold it out i think it was in november super prestigious uh, and, and and next level, but to me, this Terrace Theater, you know, is walk is, on same stage as prior. And it, all yeah, that. man, yeah. and it was sold out. Wow, Burr, how many people? Three hundred, three thousand ten people. Wow. three thousand twelve people. 
And it was, and the people that were there were just, it was electric, yeah. man. I think the people knew too, like, this is the place. And Burr was really, really uh, excited to do it also. He had a, an incredible, he bought a suit for it. I was out there in a flannel, you know. <laughs> but I get it. it uh, I did not take it lightly uh, and, and concentrated and went on. And, and everything I've learned in the six years, it was just right in there, you know. Wow. Were yeah. you able to, like, be present and, like, enjoy I was. I was. Yeah. I don't think. I would have been so nervous. I That's had terrifying. been doing some stuff with Burr over the last month. Mm -hmm. So although it was the Terrace Theater, it was a theater, and I'd started getting this animal going again. Yeah. If it was uh, just straight-up Terrace Theater this year and I hadn't done these other theaters with them, it would have been a little funky because theaters are different. I remember the first time I did a, a, a th some theaters was with Russell Peters. One was 10,000-seater. Oh, wow. Dang. And I remember I was talking to Burr or uh, Marin in the parking lot at the Comedy Store, and he said, oh, you got that, dude. And he said, the only tip is to go slow. And I'm so glad I asked him because the theaters are so big, you only hear the first 10 rows of laughs at first. Right. But the laughs roll and, yeah. they, and they're slow to get to you. They go to the back and then they come at you. Totally. Yeah. I'm so glad he told me to go slow because I would have just went, oh, I'm bombing up here and just started mowing Zipping through. through it, yeah. yeah, because you don't hear the laughs like you would here at the Comedy Magic. I know? saw Louis C.K. at the O2 in London once. Yeah. Oh, and I wow. I was in the back seat, like behind wow. me. Wow. Like there was nobody else behind yeah. me. And I could hear the people in the front laughing and it, like coming up to me in my yeah. section. And yeah. I was just like, this is crazy how he's just killing. C.K. is so my far favorite. Away. Yeah, I love that. He's guy. my favorite. But, I mean, you know, uh, Burr, Marin, uh, all those guys. It's tough to just say he's my favorite, but he was really the one that made me want to do comedy. Wow, yeah. Um, years back here. Of course, when I was growing up, I worshipped. I wanted to do comedy growing up, but I, uh, there was no kids doing comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? In the neighborhood. It wasn't, you know, it was like, seemed like adults. Even though now I look at it, they're only in their 20s, like, say, uh, uh, Pryor and um, and Carlin and Cheech and Chong and you know what blows my mind every day Eddie Murphy was like done with everything at like 21 yeah like, yeah he did right Ron yeah he did like the special like 18 <laughs> yeah. or something crazy which I'm glad that didn't happen to me because uh, boom you're just over I I like comedy more than everything I've done I've done movies I played music mm -hmm. everything and comedy is the last thing I'm gonna do you know it's gonna do it to the grave. It's interesting because I love comedy so much, and most of my favorite comedians are like in their 40s and 50s. Yeah, and like I feel like you get better, no matter how you know long it goes. Or music, I feel like yeah. there's that. Limit. Like if you look at early CK, yeah, 15 years ago, I low key love it though. That alternative stuff he did, like he did like dolphin impressions. Yeah, and stuff like that's that. what I'm saying. Crack so he's out. wearing a blazer. <laughs> right, it's like that 80s, 90s thing. Blazer. He's got full head it's of hair. Kind of like Steve Martin-y. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh. Yeah, the dolphin is like, gah, 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 yeah. gah, gah. and then he opened a lot with that joke about, uh, you know, I, I live in New York City, and uh, every morning a guy pisses on my patio or some porch, and that's a welcome to New York or something like that. Right, yeah, totally different guy. And uh, I'll never forget that joke about the car horn. Yeah, he's like I have a car that has a horn on the side. Yeah, yeah. he's like, and that sucks because when you die, you can't do the <laughs> thing when your head falls on the <laughs> yeah, horn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that's genius. That's a different. That's a different animal. Uh, different uh, Louis C.K. Totally. And of course, all the guys are different. And I'm sure if if uh, I end up 
15 years from now and I'm still alive, you know, you look back at early stuff, you're going to be like, that's totally different. Well, that's the crazy thing. I've seen you here two, three years ago, and you must have been like two, three years in already Yeah. when I first started. And then I saw you, I remember like a couple years had passed and I was up in San Francisco and I came to see you at the punchline and I feel like there's a, like a major transformation too. Yeah. Like you were still yourself and it was still Dean and it was awesome. But there was like, man, like his materials just like grown so much. And it's just, well, it's a short amount of time too. When I started, you know, you don't know anything about comedy. I'm 44. Like, here's the thing. In 2006, uh, I was going to the Laugh Factory quite a bit. I was friends with Jay Davis. And he was doing a show called Life of the Party every Tuesday. And he'd always like, hey, come out. I was working at Harley Davidson. I had stopped playing music. And I was was just like, oh, yeah. You know, I was a worker guy. Yeah. 25 years of playing music <laughs> now i'm uh i'm working at harley like well this is the back end of my life you know i'm 50 now and i remember ck went on and he just blew my fucking mind I, and i was like who is that and it took me a couple of weeks to find out who it was because right. i had forgot his name and jay gave me the wrong name <laughs> He's like, it's uh, uh, Tom Papa. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Which, Tom Papa right. is a friend of mine, and he's incredible, too. He was too. here last night, and I was watching. I was like, how is this guy so calm on stage and just cool? He's so great, he's so man. Cool. I love him. Great. God, Tom Papa has one of my favorite jokes about life just is the same every year. Why do you want to keep living? It's like, Super Bowl. <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to do the whole joke. But. Last night he came out and he was like, "Man, what an election! So many choices this year." <laughs> 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 right out of the gate. Great dude, but um, I saw CK and I was like, uh, uh, "That this guy is blowing my mind." He yeah. was doing. He was basically working on that first special. That one, uh, not Shameless. the first. The one where he's uh, at the Fonda, he's wearing like brown cords. The, oh, gotcha. The material is Awesome Possum. Mm-hmm. That that right. one. Yeah, the guy's wearing a shirt, said Awesome Possum. I had the same shirt. And he I was just like, looked Good. at me. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, don't look shirt. at me like an old fag. I'm just, you know, <laughs> this is a great shirt. That bit was a, a whole different style of comedy that I'd never seen before because what he had done is he had taken this bit about the shirt and then he went into this. To me, it seemed like he had five bits and they're all little bits and he put them into this thing and somehow made them work, Uh, which is the awesome possum shirt into the Venice Beach Kenny G hair, uh, wearing like a G string, dick and balls (laughs) hanging, roller skating guy into the post office, getting some Jackie Robinson stamps and back into... Um, awesome possum. Right. I'd never seen a guy do because he's doing the whole thing, and then he goes, "Anyway, I'm wearing this shirt," and you go, "Oh yeah, he right. was talking, talking about the awesome possum." That's the first time I saw it too. Yeah, I'd never seen that done before, yeah. and I was like, "This is some new comedy," because I had stepped out of comedy uh, uh, in the mid '90s. I worshipped comedy in the mm. '70s, '80s, of course, Dice Kinnison and uh, Eddie Murphy, crazy yeah. about him. Then I, I start playing music. It's a complete blur, but the show Seinfeld's huge for me, right. so I go see Seinfeld uh, a bunch live. Where did you see him? I'd see him all over. Circle Star. I saw him in Reno. Dang. I saw him in Vegas. Awesome. I saw him in uh, San Francisco. I, I worshipped him. Yeah. I'd go see him all the time. Then Chris Rock really uh, hit me. That was for me, too. Yeah, yeah, hit me. And I went and saw Chris Rock twice um, 
once, I think, at the Paramount once. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Paramount Theater. I saw Theater. Cosby at the Paramount. I know yeah. it's not cool to say now, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might want to cut that out. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I was into that. Uh, Seinfeld and Chris Rock were really my guys, and I didn't know any other comedy because I was just straight music the whole time. Right. So fast forward to 2006, here I am in the Laugh Factory, and I see uh, CK, and I'm like, wow, I want to do comedy. But I don't do it right away because it's still like, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 at that time, I'm like 42 or something. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I should have done comedy. That would have been <laughs> fun. That's what I was thinking. And then I did, uh, I started working at Harley and uh, Quentin Tarantino's people came down to the dealer I was at. And they oh, said, sweet. we're doing a biker movie. Nice. And we need some help. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll help you guys with the bikes. And uh, it was called Hell Ride. Oh, sweet. And I started helping him. I landed a role in that film. Nice. Yeah. After that, I landed a role in an Ice Cube movie called The Long Shot. It's a football movie. Oh, shit. Nice. And I'm shooting in Shreveport for two months. The film is about a true story about the first girl ever to play Pop Warner football. She takes her team to the state championship. Yeah. Ice Cube plays the coach, all this stuff. In this movie, I'm just laying this role where I'm in the bleachers with a couple other guys, and we're just riffing like, looks like she got it in the nuts, that kind of dumb <laughs> riffing they right. would go to it during the football games. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm in this movie with this guy named Earthquake, oh. Michael Collier, wow. and, and uh, Garrett Morris. Wow. And, and I'm Garrett Morris. Now, you got to understand, Saturday Night Live, is I, I remember from season one to now, uh, I was a huge John Belushi guy. I yep. mean, huge. And then later, Bill Murray from Caddyshack, Stripes, all that. So there's Garrett Morris, who I loved, man. Ant-Man. I'm Ant-Man. He, he, uh, shouting, and now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know who Earthquake is. I'm talking to him. I say, yo, man, uh, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a comedian, man. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I never heard of you. Like, yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I, I go to comedy all the time at the Laugh Factory. He's like, well, you got to come see me, man. Uh, so <laughs> I went and saw him. I was blown away, man. I was like, wow, this he's guy crazy. is funny yeah. as fuck. These are the jokes. Yeah. These are the jokes, people. <laughs> So over the two months while we were shooting, I was like, hey, Earthquake, I want to be a comic. Like, what do I do? Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, get out of here, man. You ain't no comic, you know. But I think over the two months, he saw how fast I could riff. Like, yeah. they would let us just ad lib on the script. And he would start giving me little tips. Like, well, maybe, you know, when you get home, you hit an open mic, do some writing. Mm. I'm like, where do you find these open mics? Online, you know, he's just like, it's sparse. And then on the last day of shooting, he goes, if you ever do it, I got a show at the Union every week, stop by. I got home, I hit the stage that week and never stopped. Dang. So after a year, I, I Just I went, hooked immediately. <laughs> immediately, yeah. I, I remember my first spot was at the, uh, there was this show this guy put on, it was like, it was like a, so you wanna do comedy, like one of those things. Yeah. You know, where people like, want to try it, like a doctor, right? you know, a, 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 a mom, a, a young dude, me, yep. just a midlife crisis. <laughs> saying, oh, I don't know what, you know, I'm going to try that. It was at the improv. It was totally sold out. It was wow. like one of those ones where you all bring your friends, like right. a bringer show, but not an intense bringer show. Right. It wasn't like you got to bring people. Yeah. 
but you brought people because you're like, I'm doing comedy. And I had like <laughs> 30 people there, you know? And I went on and man, I had a smoking set. Damn nice. First <laughs> night. And I was like, I was like that, that, the headliner, yeah. I, you know, like, but I was really the last guy out of right. 10, you know, but, uh, I went on and, and, and I, as a matter of fact, about a month ago, I brought one of the bits back for fun. What was it? You remember? I did this bit where my buddy's like super paranoid. He, he, he thinks everything's going to kill him. So I was putting deodorant on and he's like, Hey, I read online deodorant kills you, man. It's got aluminum in it. It's going to give you Alzheimer's. <laughs> You know, it's going to kill you, dude. I wouldn't use it. It's going to kill you. And yeah. I was like, you know, what's killing me is your B.O. for the last <laughs> 10 years. And, 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 and then I said one time he put his arm around me to take a picture like we were taking a picture. And he got his armpit on my shoulder, my jacket, <laughs> and the B.O. got on there. And it sat on my shoulder like a parrot. Like I could smell it all the time. Like, oh, is that Jim? And I finally had to burn the jacket because it just wouldn't go away. It stunk. Yeah, yeah, stupid bit, you know, but it was just. It, it it got me going and uh, I never stopped. That's and awesome. That I was, love hearing everybody's first time going up because like some people like do great and they're hooked, yeah. and then some people do terrible. Also hooked though. My sh second show was uh, eight ass. Really? Oh, because I went home and I had a, a second show was a Friday night, four, five days later mm. at the uh, comedy store in the belly room. Yep. So I just I recorded that set and all I did was I memorized it. And that's where you learn right away. You need to be in the moment and be into the crowd, in in, in there, and not just a, a robot. Right. I memorized it like a word rock for band. word. Yeah. Word for word. Even the yeah, you know, <laughs> even the timing this and the guy breathing. Knows what I'm and, yeah, <laughs> like I'm trying to get the rhythm and the cadence and everything right. of that one show that happened totally organic on a crowd that's never seen me. <laughs> so it's almost like if you put a record on. A comedy record for a crowd. <laughs> yeah, like the, the laughs would be in different spots. You know right. what I mean? Because the, the timing is different in every room and everything. Right. And uh, man, I just ate, I ate it so bad. I remember what happened was nobody told me this at the time, but it was a gay show, mm. which is, you know, now... I would love, I love doing different types of shows, right. like we said, because it's so fun. Because if you, sometimes when you do those like uh, theme shows, everybody's kind of similar, and the guy that's different just murders, because right. people are like, oh, God. Yeah. But at the time, I had a joke where I said, man, I had a dream I was sucking my buddy's dick. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the room just goes quiet. <laughs> and totally silent, and this guy goes, What's so gross about that? Oh, no. And, and then I kind of came in like, what? And I look around, I go, whoa, this is all men in here. Uh, are they, oh, this is a, a, a gay show. Right. And then I just ate it all the way through. <laughs> I was like, now I'd be like, no, no, nothing's gross. It was small. And I understand now. I like big dicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have just riffed on right. it or whatever and had fun. But then it was just like, uh-oh, this is going off my recorded show That's that I memorized. It's crazy. Like, when you memorize word for word, you don't even see the audience. You're just, like, in your own totally. thing. And totally. And I think that's what, how great actors are. They memorize everything, but you can't tell it's memorized. Here's the thing. That's what I was just going to bring it back to. Louis, I feel like it's, it's so strategic, you know, because he'll go back and be like, anyways, I was talking about my shirt or whatever. Yeah. And it's so perfectly timed. I feel like it is... Like when he's sweating and he's looking frantic, I feel like it's so exact. Where Burr, I feel like is a little bit more like, 
in the moment ish and he's well, talking to the crowd. I think it's just different styles. Yeah. Because I saw Louie recently, uh, six, eight months ago when he shot that comedy store. I was there. Yeah. Was I went to all of them. Oh. So there's six. Yeah. And you're going to think that it looks like it's all memorized and perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. But I saw different nuances and different uh, uh, timing and, really? and, and, and different speeds yeah. and different uh, even facial stuff on every every show. And the reason I went to all six was it's like getting to see, like, you know, Zeppelin. If somebody said you could go watch Zeppelin six nights in a row yeah, and you course. played music. Yeah. You're you're going to be there because you I want to see what Zeppelin does six nights in a row. Do you ever go to see Zeppelin? No, I no. was I uh, it was like them and Skinner are the only bands I didn't see. I did see um, Page Plant though in '96, which oh, was unbelievable. No quarter, the all, that, nice. all that, yeah. But my point is, CK is so uh, is so good that you can't really tell. What's going on? Like, like even sometimes I think when he's going to his book, he he looks like he's riffing something. But I think that he he has that as a joke, you know, right. like ready to go. No, I remember I, he was like, "These are just some burner jokes." And I was like, "Even those are gold." Those were crushing. They were great. I was like, "I want to hear more of that." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Those those ones in the book. Right. It was brilliant. So. But he great. acts like he's like he does. It acts like it's going off rails, and you're like, "Where is this going?" And then he pulls it back so like seamlessly, and you're just like, yeah. "The guy's a master." I can't even believe. But Him and Burr, Marin, uh, Rogan. Um, Rogan was the most crazy set. I, I mean, it was the best set I saw this whole year, and it was at your birthday where he oh, yeah. got up on the stool. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. This is like Kinnison where he does the going to hell bit, you know? Yeah. And I was just yep. like, this is legendary. I was watching it, and I was like, this so is great. so great. That was a great night, man. So much fun. Did and get, I had no idea how great it was. I always knew you were into music, and I knew you, had, you were a rocker back yeah. in the day, but I didn't know. Yeah, I've never seen you perform before, and you killed it. It was awesome. I hadn't. I I, I sing once in a while at the uh, Bake Show. Brendan Smalls and uh, and Steve Agee have that rock show where you sing and then at do the Baked Potato. Com- yeah, it's called oh, no Baked. Way. They moved it to the um, Improv. Okay. But I hadn't sang a full set of rock since probably oh, maybe oh four or five or something. No, it was like an hour. I was like, how is he doing this? This is it was a lot of work because I did a full set of comedy. Yeah. And then I forgot. I was sitting backstage <laughs> and I go, oh, I still got to go out and sing an hour. <laughs> it was like an hour and 20. Yeah. It was brutal. It was awesome. Though. But it was so worth it. So it was all fun. adrenaline. Yeah. You know? So I mean, when you got fun. those kind of guys playing with you, like Dave Lombardo from Slayer, Mark Ford from the Black Crows, yeah. Josh Z, Rudy Sarzo. Uh, Bill Burr on drums. That was so cool to see. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super blessed that uh, I have those guys as friends, and I think that's just from uh, just years of being in the biz. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, of course, I played music 25 years, so it's just years of being in the biz, and then saying, "Hey, I'm turning 50. Do you want to play?" And people right. are like, "I'm there." You know? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about playing music for 25 years. How do you think that helped you when you became a comic? Like, I Well, it helped me a lot, zero with the comedy part. Right. But, of course, being on stage, like you see guys when they're first on and they do the old put their hand up like a visor because the lights <laughs> the are in lights their face. Right, right. 
I, I would never do that because <laughs> I've, I've been playing for so long. I understand the dynamics of a stage. I understand the dynamics of a microphone. You don't want to be eating it like, <laughs> you know, you don't want it too far away. Right. Some guys are talking. They're moving their hand. They're using the mic. Oh, yeah. And then you're not hearing them. Um, I learned a lot of stuff like that. I learned the business. I'm not a guy that needs somebody to uh, get me things, gigs. I go out and get it. You know, that's the only way you're going to really get it. There's not going to, unless you're a young guy that a a manager sees and goes, this guy's foxy. We can just get him on TV. You got to get all your own shit. Totally. And I already understand, understood that hustle. Uh, hard work is what it really is. You know, almost 3,000 sets. I've learned everything in a, six years, probably a 10-year man yeah. has, you know. But also from touring, you know, everything. From booking your own flights, booking your own gigs, your hotels, your right. rent-a-cars, all that stuff, yeah. you know. You just learn tricks early on. Right. Uh, that you keep forever. You know, I remember Dub Davidoff told me something great in the parking lot. Every time somebody tells me something, I stop and listen. A lot of people just be like, oh, yeah, I know that already. They Mm. just act like they know it out of insecurity, and they're missing these nuggets. One time Dub Davidoff was like, let me tell you what I do when I'm on the road. I ask the club what the hotel, uh, what the hotel budget is. And they say, uh, five. 300, 500, six, whatever it is. He goes, I'll take that money. Don't book my hotel. And then when he gets in town, he uses hotels tonight and gets like a primo hotel. Whoa. Instead of them just lazily going, we put every comic over here at the super rate. Right. It's really convenient. <laughs> you just walk across the street. And it's like, yeah, but what about the bed bugs and the, the people that live here, the <laughs> residents, you know? So that's one thing I learned. Right. You know, and then, you know, Marin. In theaters, you got to go slow. Boom, you start picking up this yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, early on, uh, Bill Burr saying, hey, be yourself in the room. Uh, Ian Edwards saying, hey, you know, I don't, don't put on a character on stage. I don't even know who you are up there. You're a way funnier guy when I go eat with you than you are on stage. Yeah. That kind of stuff. You start to learn. So I think that helped me because I could stop and listen and just said, instead of being young going, I got this. Right. You don't tell me. I'm badass. Yeah. You know? That's interesting you bring that up right now, too, because, like, I, when I started, I would do, like, impressions and, like, just stuff not myself at all. Of course. And then somebody was like, you got to be yourself. You're, like, funny outside. Bring that to the stage. How difficult was that for you, like? Did you just have to go up and just kind of bomb and like re-workshop everything or like? Well, I had a whole set that was crushing. Right. And then one day Ian pulled me aside. He goes, hey, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, your material sucks. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was just killing in yeah. there, which I was. <laughs> and he goes, that doesn't mean shit. Yeah. He goes, he goes, look at the guys you love. Would they do those jokes? And I go, no, but they're not new. And he's all, no excuse. Wow. You know what I mean? He's like, you got to said that to you. Oh, yeah. Up. But I'm wow. glad he did. Yeah. Because early on, I really thought it was about being funny. That's what I thought. You know too. what I mean? Yeah. I really thought like, hey, as long as they're laughing, I'm here. Yep. And as you get later on in the biz, you realize it ain't about the laughs. It's about your voice. Right. And if they're laughing at that, you've won. You're like, these guys are laughing at this crazy ass <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. So I started all over uh, after two years, which was crazy because there I am two years in. I'm 46 now. I'm yeah. Like, Fuck, I got to start over. But you know what? He was right. Did and you just scrap everything? And, like, I did overnight? scrap everything. Uh, I had one joke that was working about Radio Shack, and I kept that one mm. and just worked from there. And it took a long time. And I remember the bit that really, it was the nuts to butts bit that yeah. really, that was the first one that really hit for me. It was just a real story yeah. that hit so fucking hard that I was like, whoa, man, <laughs> if that real story works, maybe I could do some other real stories. Well, that doesn't work either. Right. You're trying to just do all your stories. <laughs> People are like, what is this, a storyteller yeah. show? This is a podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you realize how to, how to tool stuff memories that you've had and tell the stories but make them current or or make them uh, funny yeah al magical's a master yeah. at that i mean that that bit he has about uh getting a uh, day laborer it's incredible yeah. it's a story <laughs> it's just telling a story about going to home depot to get a uh, day laborer but he's smashed it with jokes right so I learned from everyone, and that's the beauty of being at the comedy store every night. I'm watching the masters. Yeah. There's 15 on there on the, every night, 15 comics. In the middle, you're looking at the biggest comics in the world yeah. right now. You're going to see Burr, Dalia, Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see Edwards, uh, like Ian, uh, all these guys, you know, and it's just like, wow. It's so crazy over there right now when I go over It is crazy. Like, this is the ultimate homework, just watching all these guys. Yep. Yeah. All in one spot. Yeah. So I good. always trip out when new comics don't watch comics. Yeah. I'm like, what like are you doing? A new thing, supposedly, right? Like, I heard in the back of the day, like, they'd all sit in the back and, like, yeah, write I'll, down I watch everyone. Yeah. You know? It's like, you know how much you learn? You learn as much watching a set from, from Marin than you're going to learn on stage. Because you're going to go, like, oh, wow, he sits down. Why, why does he sit down? Right. You know what I mean? How does he do it sitting down? No movement. He's not selling the joke. This right. is amazing. You know, then you watch the next guy and you're like, and then you learn how each guy brings each guy up. You start learning their credits. Like, hey, one day I'm going to be up there. I want to know. How does he know that blue light right. at the comedy <laughs> store went on to the left? Exactly. You know? Yeah. How, how does he know that guy's credits? And then you start learning everything from watching. Yeah, totally. You know, why go out and smoke weed? You know, oh, I did an open mic today, and then I went out and smoked some weed and uh, played video games. What a waste of time. <laughs> Total waste of time. That's going to take you a 15-year, 20 years to get somewhere. Right. Here's how you get somewhere. I did three open mics, and then I went and sat in the store in the back till 2 a.m. Yeah. watching everyone. That's how you get somewhere. Totally. I know. I agree 100%. Like, totally. Just immerse yourself, like, completely. At one well, if you want to do it, yeah. Now, if you're just doing it for fun, I get it. Mm. You know, all right, cool. But if you really want to do comedy, you have to have nothing else on your plate. No girls, no partying, no debt. Debt is a big thing that'll yeah. kill your art. You know, totally. I always tell people, man, get rid of those credit cards. I know it sounds hard, but get rid of them because debt is going to stress you out, and you're not going to be able to write. And you're not going to be able to go out till two, three in the morning, right? And uh, and emerge yourself, you know, submerge yourself in comedy. Dude, I'm totally like 
agreeing with everything because I'm very like with this issue specifically. I'm like black and white. I'm like you gotta just jump or because why do you want to be a half-assed comedian? <laughs> like why do you want to be? There's a lot of those out there, right? And a lot know. of them work, but you know what? No one's talking about them, right? Right. You know what I mean? No one's talking about them. And if that's what they do, that's cool. Mm. I'm not knocking whatever. Everybody has a different agenda. Absolutely. Mine is. I know who the five great guys are in my mind, and 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 I want to try. They're the high water mark, mm-hmm. and I want to try to get there at least uh, a little bit somehow. Totally, you know. And I and I love the whole uh, process of doing comedy. It's just like a beautiful craft. Like you want to get good at it, you know, like guitar. Oh, you want to just fucking shred you just on it. Just want to, man. Point, right? There's times <laughs> where I'm on stage and everything's working, and I can't even believe it. I go, <laughs> man, this is killing. All me. the gears are grinding. Crowd work, material, uh, some movement. You know, yeah. what? <laughs> everything is like seamless. And right. you're going, wow, this is insane. You know? Do you ever like? Because I'm, I've never gone. As long as you have like every single night, two, three shows a night, like that's crazy to me. I want to do that, but like, yeah, I'm still trying to, you know, I'm gonna go one at least well, a night. Well, it's super hard. But like, I do just you ever had get burnt two out? nights like, off. Do you ever get? You know, it's funny because. Uh, do you ever feel like you're doing comedy on top of your comedy? Like you're not getting like life experience to write new stuff. Well, that's what Bill Bill always says. He he even said it to me this week on the road. He mm. said, "Look, you always got to watch out, man. You got to live your life because." Or else you're just talking about comedy, you know? Yeah, what I, mean? I feel like you're, you're talking about your own. He told me that early on, and I remember it had been two years, and I hadn't taken a, a day off. And I went, he said, you got to get out, man. Go to a movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was right. I went and saw My Morning Jacket in Santa Barbara. I took a, 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 a night off. Yeah. And immediately I was in this concert. I was like, oh, whoa, I was just writing the yeah. whole time I was in there because there's all kinds of fresh ideas coming right. because of course I was just in these cages. Yeah. You know, the comedy store, the laugh factory, right. the improv and all the open mics, you, you can know, feel it. it's like a different switch in your head. Yeah. yeah. You start to get, you, you start to get to this comedy thinking. And then when you're out in a real place, you go, Oh, look at this. And, right. You know, and now that's how you can write bits faster. Like my whole set tonight will be, uh, it's, it's two months old. It's all about moving. Mm-hmm. It's so fast. I love that. To to have apartment hunting stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's like have eight minutes, like so fast to come together. You right. know, I mean, uh, not two months. It was working in two weeks. I remember the first week it wasn't working at all. Yeah, like God, this is not gonna work. I almost shelved it. Yep. And then I was like, you know what? I gotta keep doing this. I believe in it, man. And uh, and then it started killing. Wow. You know. Yeah. It really started killing. Doing good. That's amazing. And like, how do you like right now that you've been doing it for so long? Like, do you still go word by word or do you bullet points? I just like write the uh, idea down. Yeah. And then riff it on stage. See, that's crazy. Like I always hear Bill Bernie's like, I write on stage. And I'm like, that's how, how I do, do you do that? So other, everybody's different, yeah. man. Uh, I hated school. Yeah. So homework and that kind of stuff it just didn't work with me. Right. Uh, writing bits at first, I remember I'd go to the coffee shop and I'd sit down and just try to write some stuff down, and that's that that didn't work for me. Um, what works for me is I have the basic idea of the story, mm. like that moving thing. Right. 
And then I just start going on stage and I talk it out and I see where they're laughing and I see where they're not and I take the parts out where they're not and I place in new stuff in there and see if that, uh oh, got another piece in the puzzle. Cool, this is working. And a lot of times that comes organically from riffing. As you're doing the bits, you Think if it stuff. starts to work good, you start to take chances. Yeah? Yeah, and then... Uh, that's terrifying to me, but... It is, but you know what? I learned something uh, a few years ago. It's just bombing. Yeah. My only fear of bombing, and I've said it over and over and over, I don't care about bombing. I care about not being asked back. Right. So there was this really weird time in my career where I was only trying to kill mm. because I didn't want them not to ask me back. Like, oh, that work. guy ate a dick. Right. I don't have him in here again. <laughs> I was really worried about that. But once you get the trust of the bookers, yeah. they know, oh, he's doing some new shit here. They kind of get into it like, oh, look at this new shit. He's <laughs> eating it. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. You get off the go, oh, the new shit right. was eating it, huh? <laughs> Or they go, the new shit was killing. Right. So once you get the trust of the bookers, then to me, it's like, I'll try anything. Totally. I just want to keep working. I don't care about anything else except getting on. Yeah, absolutely. And because you can't get funny without getting on. It's not like music where you can practice in your bedroom. Right. You cannot practice comedy no. without the stage. <laughs> yeah. I remember early on, I tried running a set in my house with, a, with my iPhone on. Yeah. Oh, that, I still have that. I want to put it on like my DVD. You know, when I put yeah. out a special, I want to put that at the end. Like I love Sebastian's uh, special uh, a couple years ago. He put his like first set in the main room on there. Oh, he did? Oh, oh yeah, it's on out. there. Oh, yeah. okay. It's crazy. He's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt oh, or like a mechanic shirt. Hilarious. And it's, but all his writing was still there. Perfect, but yeah. his look was different. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I really like, I think that you need to see the warts to understand the the diamond. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You need to. That's a really cool way to put it. You yeah. really need to see somebody like, oh, they're human. Like me being at the comedy store, I see these, these superstars running new stuff and some of it's not working. Right. And that gives you the like, oh, he's just like me. Uh, he's, he's 24 years in yeah. and his stuff doesn't just magically come <laughs> out funny. Right. But the thing that's different between them and me or you is they know how to fix it in like a day. Yeah. I'll see a guy come back two days later and it'll be totally funny. And the same bit, they just fix stuff. Yeah. Quick. You know, who was amazing. I saw here two years ago, Gary Shandling, who I loved and knew so sad yeah. when he passed away. But Rest he came, in peace, man. He was the best. And when he came out here, he came out with this cell phone. Yeah. You just look at it, and it was so like manic, you know, almost like he was just kind of like going through stuff, and he'd bail on jokes halfway, and he's like, oh, I don't know. And he just, it was just all ideas. He's like, Ross, what's up with that? Like, just yeah. weird stuff. Just ideas that you write down that have no real punch or premise. And then the next day you come and then it'd be a little bit shorter and then the next day you come and the next day you come then literally five days the same ideas were perfect jokes yeah and i was just like what the hell like how those are the pros yeah yeah amazing but i'll tell you another funny mistake i make a lot is i like to concentrate a lot on new stuff mm -hmm. because i think that's my rush like I, I used to love drugs right. and I love, you know, I ride motorcycles, I like speed and, and, and I like, I used to love booze, stuff like that. My rush 
is new stuff when it starts to work. It's like panning for gold and you go, oh shit, there's this working. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe this working, <laughs> all right. So my major mistake is I abandon an amazing material and forget it. Oh. I got it in books. Right. But a guy in the hall would go, hey man, I remember you used to do this one bit, man, about such and such. Guy did said that to me last night. Yeah. And I uh, I'm doing that bit tonight. Yeah. And I'll whip it out and I'll be like, God, I forgot about that bit. Yeah. You know? I got this bit about uh speeding tickets and going to court. And uh I'm gonna do it tonight here. Sweet. It's just funny because it's like God, I can't believe there's whole chunks when I get on the road because I, st I get on the road and I get locked into like, okay, here's the 45 I'm going to be doing. Totally. And in the middle, I'm going to do a bunch of new stuff. And, and what I really want to try to concentrate now on is getting like a master book, carrying it around and being like, just, oh, here's that joke. Right. Here, and you I don't write the joke down. I just write the bullet points, speeding ticket, nuts to butts. You know, like whatever you just put gotcha. me in the, like a set list kind of yeah. yeah. Not, but but also the the bullets in the joke, just so I don't remember. Because some what happens is when you're on the road and you're doing an hour, mm -hmm. the jokes are way longer than if you're opening for burn. It's 20 minutes. You dump a bunch of stuff and then you forget the All whole the joke. And stuff, yeah. The joke still works, but you're missing like five, you know, uh, like smasher parts on yeah. it. You know. So you edit yourself and then you forget. That's that's, that's why I like to record all my stuff too. Absolutely, yeah. That's a cool, like I guess, problem to have though. If you're always looking for new stuff, yeah, and you forget the old stuff, you're coming up with great well, yeah. new stuff. But all the time. it's not good if if you're forgetting it and you're you're leaving it on the table because mm -hmm. uh, there's stuff there's stuff from six months ago. <laughs> like this is the era we're in. Guys used to do sets for five six years yeah now i'm like oh that stuff's like six months old that's a lunacy way of thinking you i should burn it all the time i shouldn't think about Louis that started all that when you gotta do a new year yeah but time. but he doesn't burn the stuff up he uses that whole thing for a year mm -hmm. and then burns it up with me i'm working some stuff and then i go okay that works and i shelve it and start working other stuff and i forget to go uh, back to it yeah and I should be using that because it's you might hit a block one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really cool, though. Oh, I just want to ask. You just mentioned your special. Are you going to shoot something sometime soon? Well, I was supposed to do it at the Roxy oh. uh, in December, and then I got hit on my bike. Oh, that's right. So that then was, it's yeah. kind of pushed. And then there was some other interest from other people. So all of a sudden, I pulled back for a you minute. you got to do the Roxy. Robin uh, Williams. Oh, oh, I want to do the Roxy. Yeah. There. I'm going to shoot it there. I'm just saying Legend. I don't know with who because gotcha. now some other things have come up okay. to where it could be way better. Before, I was just going to shoot it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, here you go. Let's shoot this thing. Right. So, you know, I don't know. I really, I, I just talked about this with somebody and they're like, really? And I was like, I really don't want to shoot a special. Mm. I love the mystique of like what Dave Chappelle has going right now yeah. and certain guys where you want to see it, you come see it. Right. I love that. But also I'm in this world of where the clubs and the, and the business people look at it as scorecards. Well, he doesn't even got a special. Oh yeah. Well, he hasn't done a late night show. Yeah. A spot, you know, that's, that's stuff they say. Like when you're looking to get booked, right. which is unfortunate. 
Instead of thinking the new world like, oh, well, his podcast is in the top 100. Yeah. Oh, he works with <laughs> Burr and Marin. Oh, he's, you know what I mean? Right. That kind of stuff. Oh, he's done 3,000, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, that's that's what I thought was going to get the door open, but totally. it's still this old world they of like, see some where, yeah, has he been on Comedy Central? <laughs> has he done a Conan set? Yeah, has he done that. Conan? And I want to do a yeah. Conan set, actually. I want to do this apartment stuff on Conan. That would be sweet. I, and and I'm the guy, I'm never like, I got to get on Conan and all that. But now I go, I want to do Conan now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hope they'll have me. That'd be right. But yeah. before I wasn't like, I got to do Conan, man. You, you know, get me on Conan. Uh, it's like, I feel now I'm ready. I think some people just, they go too fast. People see him and they go, I saw that guy. He was on Conan. He's all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be ready. I learned that from Francisco because I remember yeah. I'd always ask him on the roof. I'm like, dude, you're so funny. Why don't you do an hour? He's like, when they want me to do an hour, I'll do an hour. And yeah. I'm like, that's such a cool, like, zen way to, like, well, it's true be because for whatever, you know? Yeah, because if some people rush, like, I'll just do an hour, and they put it out, and it's like, well, what happened with that? Right. You know, did anything happen? No. Yeah, you just, just lost a lot of material. Just yeah. spend the time enjoying what you got. And and believe me, I used to be like in a rush. I remember people were like, oh, slow down, dude. You're only three years in. And I was like, I know, but I got blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, all right, I get it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as I'm getting on every night, that's all I yeah. care about. All the other stuff is just, oh, cool. But getting on stage is first to me. Totally. Specials, records, uh, TV, sitcoms, all that. Yeah, cool, whatever. But what about getting on stage? Yeah. Old school style. I'm a comedian. Right. T TV is so boring. You sit in your trailer <laughs> all day. You get fat eating junk that right. you would never eat. Like this shit you got me, dude. Sees candy. <laughs> what did Burr say about He's like, shoot, making a movie is like being at the DMV with a bunch of famous people walking around all That's what it is because you're just waiting and you're going like, when dude, they got me happen? here at 5 a.m. <laughs> You put makeup on in a costume, and then you go fall asleep in your trailer. <laughs> uh, you wake up with just fucking bad breath and like, where am I? Like you're a day drinker. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, your oh, oh you're, you're on now. It's eight, in the, eight at night. You see like three lines. It's crazy, man. I it's, wanted to ask you, did you ever see Robin Williams at the Roxy? I didn't see Robin Williams at the Roxy, but I seen it's Robin. It's on YouTube, I think, or something like that. Dude, oh, oh no, I've seen the special. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but I didn't see him there. But I saw Robin Williams. It's funny because uh, I saw him a lot growing up in the Bay Area. Oh, he would, cool. He yeah. would like host the Bammies, and you know, and and of course uh, that uh, comics, uh, the you know the what was that big benefit comic relief you know and all that kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was big in San Fran. Do you remember that open mic? Uh, what was it called? Dirty Trick Saloon? Yeah. In, Cl in Clement. That's where I did my first set ever. And then the third or fourth time I was there, we we're just hanging outside. And then all of a sudden, everybody runs in. We're like, what's going on? Robin gets up on that yeah. little soapbox and he did like an hour. That's what I love about it. him. It was so I cool. was at the, that's what I was going to say. I was at the improv maybe three years ago, right before they tore that room out and made it the bar. Okay. Back when it used to be called, uh, it was called like the second room or mm -hmm. room two. I don't know what it was called. I can't remember. But they would do shows in there, remember? But they had no bar, no booze or anything. Was that like screen and this little stage in the yeah. corner? Yeah. So I was in there. There's some improv show going on. Mm. And I was waiting to go on in the main room. So I popped into the hall real quick just to kind of look at my jokes. And this guy walks up and I go, 
Uh, he goes, excuse me. I look. I go, oh, shit, it's Rob Williams. I go, hey, are you going on? He goes, I don't know. It's my <laughs> friend's show. Maybe. <laughs> I immediately go in, right? And yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got that spot in the room. I don't, yeah. I don't even care about that spot right now. I want to <laughs> see what he does. And Robin never used a mic. Yeah. He didn't use a mic. It was crazy. And later on, he had like a wireless one, I think, around right. his neck. But, you know, so he went on, no mic. And he riffed for like 25 minutes. And I was dying because... When I was growing up, man, I was so into Mork for Mork. Happy Days. Mork and India. Happy Days was my show, yeah. man. And then, you know, they brought Mork on there, and then he got his own show, and I was so... I just rewatched all that Mork and India stuff, and it's just like, still... It's incredible. Crazy, yeah. It's so crazy that that show even flew. And you know yeah. he's improving all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody just, sat down and wrote, like, him tuned up. You know, just Shazbat. sounds. Yeah. Shazbat. <laughs> nanu, nanu, you know. Just sounds and shit and his faces. And it's, I was like, this guy is a god. Hurricane, yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. But, you know, I don't know if I had to really sit down and think. I think the 70s comedy and that comedy now are really the the com for me like the 70s comedy still stands yeah. up a lot of that 90s comedy is kind of like oh wow this is 90s <laughs> you know you really feel it's right. really different so reading about the store like in the late 70s when you got like letterman and kaufman and robin and then seeing it now oh, i'm yeah. like man this is like i know how special of a time it is right now cause oh it's yeah it's like I yeah, think it yeah. might be the best ever. Like I think so. Yeah. I think so because I think that those guys back then, uh, it it wasn't as edgy as now. I yeah. think now, like really, like of the times we've seen so much shit over the right, twenty yeah. thirty years. <laughs> the audience expects. Yeah. One, two, so dudes like. are like dudes are coming with some fire. Of course, Pryor and all those guys. I mean, Carlin, of course, was yeah. king of the edge and. And he would have a field day right now <laughs> on this politics oh thing. Oh, Th these are the guys I wish were still around. Dude, his stuff is still relevant. Like I'll go back and listen oh. to stuff he said about George Bush. It's the same. You could apply it to exactly Trump, all these guys. Like, that, I wish he was still around, and I also wish Bill Hicks was around because oh, Bill man, Hicks yeah. would have a podcast, <laughs> yeah, and I would. think it would be the best podcast on the amazing. planet. Totally. Can you imagine Bill Hicks podcasting? It'd be crazy. Oh man. Bill Hicks is just, it's just. It'd be a one hour perfect rant. He's so great. Show. Yeah. I just, uh, oh man, I love him. You see the documentary on him? No. Oh, you got to see it, man. It's, it came out like three years ago. That album he did, though, what was it called? Like Blue, was it Arizona or something like that? Where it's like he has guitar riffing between the jokes? I don't, I don't know his albums. I only yeah. know the specials. Okay. You got the, of course, the London one with the, right. the black yeah. hat, you know? Then you got that later one right before he dies. I think that's at the. Punchline or Cobbs? Yeah, like uh, a sweater thing. Um, yeah, kind of, yeah, he's really skinny. And then, um, you know, uh, there's one other one, I, I think. I can't remember. But look, watch the documentary. It's okay. so great. I'll definitely check it out. Ma oh, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, there's one before. It's great. Of course, uh, before the black hat and everything, there's the one where he's talking about... Oh, it's my favorite. Where he goes to where Kennedy got assassinated. Oh, yes. And he's up in the <laughs> library and they won't let you get to the window. Right, yeah. I mean, come like, on. Everything was perfectly accurate because yeah. even uh, what's it, Lee Harvey wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> and, <I was> like, <laughs> <"That's awesome." laughs> and, then he, and then he says, uh, they won't let you get next to the window because if they did, you'd be like, no fucking, fucking way. way. <laughs> and it's funny because I went there oh, and, right. and I was like, God, he's so right. Because I, 
there was no one looking. I kind of got like way up close. Yeah. It was like late in the afternoon. And you're like, there's no way. There's like a tree. It's so far yeah. away. And it's like a hedge. And, and then he talks like, about how they put the X on it. Like they're so proud. I like know. on the street. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is where you got killed. Right. <laughs> that's so like goofy. their, that's like their celebration. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dean, for talking to me today. Dude, man. I really appreciate it. You thank you so it, much, sir. Oh, thank, thank you, man. You I love much. you, dude. Thank you. I love, love rock you and too. roll. Thanks, man. See you, man. Thank you.